Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. This morning, I want to talk about, I'll call it the missionary, or maybe the heart of a missionary, if you'd rather call it that. But I'm going to take our text this morning from verses 14 through 16 of Romans chapter 1 and give you some things to think about as far as a missionary and the work of a missionary and how uh, if you're saved I believe that you're called to be a missionary you may not be called to go to a foreign field necessarily but we're all called to share the gospel of Jesus Christ we're all called to tell someone else about the good news of salvation and so in a sense we're all missionaries you, a missionary is one who's sent out with a message that's what a missionary is one who's sent out with a message uh, you know Christ is the greatest missionary he came to this world with a message a message of hope, message of salvation, message of forgiveness of sin. Uh, The Apostle Paul, uh, I guess it arguably might be the next greatest missionary as far as the work he did and the blessings that came from his ministry uh, are incredible. But this morning, let's look at what I would call a personal look at the Apostle Paul and a little bit about his burden as a missionary. Notice it says here in verse 14 of Romans chapter 1, we'll get into our text here. It says, I am debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and he says here to the unwise. My first thought I have for you this morning is his conviction. Notice his conviction. He says, I am debtor. I am a debtor. And then he says both to the Greeks and the barbarians. So a debtor. A debtor is someone who is indebted to someone else. They owe someone something. Uh, They have a payment, so to speak, that they have to make. And that's what a a debtor is. You know, today, we can get in debt. Hopefully you're not in debt. If you are in debt, hopefully you can get out of debt. Because you can get in debt, uh, whether it's uh, purchasing something, buying something, uh, and everything else. Now, today... As far as our passage, uh, the first question I want to answer is whom he was indebted to. Whom he was indebted to. And the Bible tells us here that he was indebted to the Greeks and the barbarians. The Greeks and the barbarians. Now, that's two groups here. Uh, The Greeks were, I guess you would say, the the cultured people. Uh, They were the ones who were educated. Uh, they were the ones who were considered cultured. They had not only education, but they had sciences and everything else. And then the barbarians, and by the way, this is not a derogatory statement, okay? He's not giving a title to someone in a derogatory way. The barbarians were a common word that were used for those who were uneducated concerned, concerning the Greeks. In other words, they couldn't speak the Greek language. They had a different language, and they couldn't speak the Greek language, which was, in Europe, pretty much the language everyone spoke. It was the language of the day. And so a barbarian was someone who was a, an outsider, a foreigner. Isn't that something that's interesting? Now, I want you to set aside your politics for a moment today, all right, in the United States of America, because I got my opinion on politics. But you know what? No matter what you think, anyone that comes in this country has a soul. Everyone, no matter how they get here. And that soul is important. And that's perhaps a category that Paul is referring to those that you might look and say, oh, you know, they're a foreigner. They come in from a different way. They're not a, in his day, they weren't a Greek. Well, he's saying, I'm a debtor to both, to all. And then notice what he, he goes a little further here. He says, to the wise. And then he says, and to the unwise. So he says to the barbarian, or to the Greek, and to the barbarian, he says here, and then also to the wise and to the unwise. So he's saying to those that have knowledge, those that have wisdom, those that have an education, those that have a degree, he says, I am a debtor to them. 
Uh, you know, and then he, he goes further and says, and to those that don't have an education, those that don't have a degree. Uh, this morning, in our country today, uh, one of the blessings we have is education. That's one of the blessings we have. Uh, you know, not all cultures have that. Not all countries have it to the extent we have it. And even in history, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> there have been times in our country where the education level wasn't as high as it is today. You know, this morning, praise the Lord that you can read and write. Isn't it a blessing to be able to read and write? You can communicate. Praise the Lord for that. Uh, those that have an opportunity to, to get further education, thank the Lord for that. You know, just getting a high school degree compared to some places is further education. So thank the Lord for your high school degree. If you can get more and the Lord allows that, then praise the Lord for that. He's saying, I'm a debtor to those that have it, you know, that have that. But then he also says, I'm a debtor to those who don't have that. You know, there are people that don't have what you would call the, the culture or the education. That doesn't mean they're unintelligent. It means they're just ignorant. Maybe they don't have that ability. They don't, they don't have the ability to have an education, depending on where they grew up, depending on where they, you know, were raised. You see, he's saying, I am a debtor to both. He opens up the doors to the whole world, is what he's saying. He's saying, that's his conviction. And he says, I'm a debtor to both these groups. So here's my next question I want to try to answer is, what did he owe these people? What did he owe these people? Because he's saying, I'm a debtor. He, he owes them something. Now, it's not finances. He didn't owe them money. Okay? He didn't take out loans from all the people in the world. Uh, also, it had nothing to do with favors. He didn't owe them any favors or worldly possessions of any kind. I think the answer is found... Let's go over to the book of Acts chapter 9. If you have your Bible, I'm going to go to Acts chapter 9. And in this passage here we have the Apostle Paul. The account uh, in Acts chapter 9 is the account of the Apostle Paul's conversion. Before he was saved, he was known as Saul. And he was a persecutor of the church. And then the Lord stopped him in his tracks, and he accepted Christ as his Savior. He was converted. Uh, and in this passage, what we have that I'm going to read in, in Acts chapter 9, I want to begin reading here in verse um, 10. We have the Apostle Paul went and was waiting for God to lead his life. And it says here in verse 10, And there was a certain disciple of Damascus named Ananias, and to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street, which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. And hath seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. And then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many of this man how much evil he hath done to thy saints at Jerusalem. You know, uh, Ananias said exactly what I'd be thinking. Lord, you sure that I'm supposed to be going to this man? This is the man who's already just tried to destroy the church, has sent many to their death, to prison, and you want me to go to him? You, you know, he's, he, he kind of, he, I don't know if he doubted the Lord as much as he wanted to make sure that this is where God wanted him to go. You know, Ananias, in a sense, was a missionary. And you think of missionaries today, how many of them have to go to difficult fields? Areas where they got to really trust the Lord with their life. I mean, really trust God. You know, there are missionaries today going into Turkey, Iran, Iraq. Pray for them. Those are hard areas to reach, not just because of the hardness to the gospel, but the opposition, physical at times, to Christ's servants. But what we find, Ananias was called to go to Paul, and he says here in verse 14, or verse 15, the Lord said to him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel, for I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. You know, the Apostle Paul 
was chosen for a purpose. He knew he was to take the gospel to the lost world. He, he just knew it. That was his conviction. And later, when he talks to others, he, he himself mentions the work that God called him to do. He understood what God had for him. He understood his responsibility. And so, because he understood what he was to do, he saw himself as a debtor. In other words, he had the message of truth. And he was in debt to those who didn't have it. He knew the way of salvation, and he believed he was in debt to those who didn't know the way. That he needed to take the gospel to them. And so his conviction was to take the gospel to the world. And that's exactly what he did. Now let me give you a few practical thoughts here. A conviction. A conviction is a burden. A burden within that will prompt you or lead you to act. That's what a conviction is. Let me ask you about this. As far as conviction, a conviction may be simply just to get things right with God. That's what a conviction may be. The Holy Spirit working in your heart saying you're not right with God. And you say, well, how can I not be right with God? Well, the Bible teaches that anyone that has sinned is against God. And the Bible also teaches we're all sinners. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, we all have what was called a sinful nature. And we've all sinned willfully. In other words, we've all made our own decisions at some point or another to do what we wanted to do, and and we've sinned against God. And that sin has to be forgiven. And maybe the conviction today in someone's heart is the need for forgiveness. The need for forgiveness. And if that's the case, I encourage you to get right with God today. Repent of your sin. Turn to Christ. Receive Christ as your Savior. That's salvation. But if that conviction is there, make sure you, you take care of that. Another area of conviction would be after you're saved. May the Lord will convict your heart to get involved in, well, we're talking about missions. We're talking about taking the gospel out. Maybe there'll be a conviction that, hey, I gotta tell someone about Christ. Maybe it's someone personally in your life the Lord will convict. Maybe a family member or a friend that you just have a burden for because they're not saved or they're not living right and you just have a conviction that you've got to share this with them and, and then pray about opportunities and look for opportunities to share with them. Maybe it's in general. That's what Paul's talking about here. A general conviction of taking the gospel out to those that are without Christ. <clears throat> Let me give you an illustration as far as being a debtor. I, I believe that... <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> I hope I get through this. I believe that if I saw a danger ahead, whether it was a fire an accident or something, and I saw someone going towards that, I believed it would be my responsibility to tell them. I believe I would owe it to them to tell them so they wouldn't run into that accident or hurt themselves. And I think that's kind of the point Paul's making. He He's in debt. He's a debtor to those without Christ because he has Christ. And so once you're saved, maybe that's the conviction today is that you realize, hey, i got to tell others. Because there is a heaven, and there is a hell, and there is salvation, there is forgiveness. And I need to tell someone else about this. See, that's the conviction that a missionary will have. And that's a conviction I think that all of us need to have. Let's move on here to the commitment. And that's in verse 15. Notice what he says here in verse 15 of Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1 says here, So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you, that are at Rome also. Notice what he says here. He says, I am ready. I am ready. In other words, he was willing and he's prepared. That's the key there. Willing and prepared. If you're ready, that means you're, you're ready to go. I tell you what, Sunday mornings, it's hard to get ready, is it not? 
You know, I could get up early and I'm still running late, it seems like. Uh, it doesn't matter. Sundays, it's hard to get going. You know, when you're ready, that means you're ready to go. Uh, you're prepared. And he's saying here, as far as ready, he's saying, I'm ready to go to Rome. I'm ready to, to, to share the gospel with those that are there. I'm ready to go forward. See, he was ready to preach Christ, preach Christ. In other words, he was willing to do this. This was something he was willing to do. And the implication was he was prepared for it. Almost as if he's eager to go. He's excited for the opportunity to preach the gospel. You know, there's something in this here for all of us. One, uh, you know, if you have the opportunity to share Christ with someone, that should be, that should excite you. You got an opportunity to share the gospel with someone. Second, be prepared to share the gospel with somebody. Be ready to share the gospel with somebody. Uh, part of that is just seeking the Lord and then paying attention. The late R.A. Torrey was an evangelist, and he believed that this is just a conviction he had. He led many people to Christ, and his conviction was that he believed every single day that there was someone that God would lead into his life that he could either be a witness to or that he, if they were saved, he can be an encouragement to. And then he would set about his day to look for that person. And often he said he'd find more than one person, maybe two or three people. And then he said later in life, he said when the days passed when he didn't run into somebody or didn't have someone right there, he said those were the days that he looked back and realized it was because he was just thinking about himself. He was caught up in his own, I guess say, problems and concerns that he forgot to look about him and he missed opportunities. And so his conviction was to make sure that he was looking for opportunities to share the gospel. You know, that's what being a witness is. Now, of course, we're to go out. I think that we should go out and make opportunities to tell people about Christ. But, you know, a lot of the work of being a witness is just in everyday life. Everyday life. God will bring people into your path that you can just be a blessing to. Maybe a friend, maybe a coworker, maybe a neighbor, maybe a stranger at some point. Shopping. You can encourage, you can witness to. You just look for opportunities. Pray for opportunities to share the gospel. Take tracts with you, take postcards with you, hand them out. we got all sorts of things back there. But just look for opportunities to share the gospel. And part of that is commitment. He was ready to go to Rome. And that's something to think about here. Uh, Rome was the capital of the ancient world at this time. And Paul had preached throughout much of Eastern Europe, so he preached uh, in many areas. But Rome was a difficult area. Uh, it was not only a political place, but also the place of power, military power, but there was a lot of sin there, a lot of idolatry, and a lot of other sins. But he was ready. He was prepared. He understood the gospel of Christ was the answer that the people needed, and that's why he was ready to go. And he loved the gospel. So what we have here is commitment. Now here's my challenge to you this morning. Are you ready? Are you ready? Maybe it has something to do with your salvation. He said, well, What do you mean, Pastor? You know, maybe the Lord's working in your heart today. Maybe the Lord has shown you that you need to accept Christ as your Savior. The next step is yours now, receiving Christ as your Savior. You can have the knowledge and not act upon it. Once you know, then you've got to put your faith in Christ. That's, That's acting upon the knowledge. Or maybe if you're saved here this morning, maybe God is looking for a commitment in your heart to be a witness, to be a testimony. To look for opportunities to tell others about Christ. And that's what Paul had. He had a commitment. He said, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. That leads me to my last one here. Confidence. He wasn't going to go in his own power and strength. He was going to go in the power of the Lord. Notice it says here in verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and then also to the Gentiles. So let's talk first about being ashamed. He said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Uh, You know, Paul refused to hide the gospel. Basically, he refused to hide the gospel. 
and he refused to keep it to himself. Okay, he wasn't ashamed. He was going to let people know what he believed. Now, we don't find him being rude and arrogant either. He wasn't going out and causing problems with it, but he wasn't ashamed. He was willing to share with others his faith and how the Lord had changed his life. And, and that's the key there, all right? He was not ashamed to share Christ as his Savior. In other words, to associate with Jesus Christ. By the way, we can be ashamed at times. We can be ashamed. And, and what causes shame? Usually it's fear. It's just fear. Fear of the world, fear of rejection, fear of what someone else might say, uh, fear of losing a job maybe, fear of other things. And that fear can cause us to be ashamed. You know, we have to get over that fear. The best way to get over fear is faith. Faith, trusting God, having confidence in the Lord. And he talks about that. He's putting his confidence in God, not in himself. You know, God can take care of you. God can protect you. Now, if you're saved here this morning, you know God's taking care of your eternal life. He can take care of you today, too, and day to day. He can protect you. He can provide for you. Trust in Him as you witness. Trust in Him as you tell people about the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me give you an illustration of how the Lord can take care of people. David Livingstone, the missionary in Africa. Interesting story. When he got to uh, further inland, and that was his burden, by the way, was to go inland. And he got a little ways inland, and he stopped at this village, and he was there for a few weeks, sharing Christ with people. And of course, it was new to them, to those that were there, something new. And so they listened, but it wasn't like they were accepting Christ immediately. They just weren't sure. Well, he stayed there for several months, and he got into a routine. And that routine was he'd get up every morning, and he'd head out. Walk down this trail, along this path would lead to this kind of this uh, up this hill, uh, and he'd look overlook the ledge, and then he'd come back. He said he liked it because it was quiet; nobody bothered him out there. He got time to spend with God, and he would pray and seek the Lord. Well, he noticed one day when he came back, they were just people were just looking at him, amazed. Didn't think anything of it. A few days passed; it kept happening. And so finally one day he asked, he said, why does everybody, why do you keep looking at me? Why is this? Well, he was told they couldn't believe that he was alive. Because along that path was known to have lions that were there that were on the prowl. And nobody walked that path anymore because the life, people were losing their lives. He'd been walking that path for two months. Didn't know it, but God took care of him. The way he put it, he said, he goes, I used that as a testimony without even realizing that he was using it as a testimony. People put their faith in Christ because all of a sudden God was real to them. You see, God can protect you. God can take care of you. You, you trust him. Put your confidence in him. Don't be ashamed. Take a stand. Be faithful to God and let the Lord take care of things. And that's what we find here. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. I'm going to go. I'm going to preach the gospel to, to kings. I'm going to preach the gospel to leaders. I'm going to tell them the truth and let God take care of the rest. And so he basically said, I'm going to live for Christ. You see, why is this? Why do you think this is? I'll give you a few reasons why I think this is. It's because Christ is the one who changed his life. That's why he was able to do this and why he wanted to do this. You know, his past was forgiven. And he talks about that in this passage here. Or in 1 Timothy, he talked about this. His past was forgiven. He had a past he could forget. He could go forward with God. And then second, his present, he had a purpose. And that was to take the gospel out. He had something to do. 
That was a work that God had given him, and then his future was secure. You know, Paul had something to look forward to. As Christians, you have all three of those two. It's not just the Apostle Paul. If you're saved here this morning, you know your past is forgiven. Your sin is forgiven. If you've made mistakes in the past, oh, you may still have to deal with some of the repercussions, but you know you're forgiven. God's forgiven you. You can go forward. And if you're saved here this morning, you have a purpose to life. You know, that's why there's a lot of discouragement in our world today. It's because a lot of people don't realize they have a purpose. So they lose hope. They get discouraged. Something doesn't work out. They put all their hope in something and their expectations are dashed and they get discouraged and they fall. You know, as a Christian, you have a purpose. And that's to glorify God. Whether you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You know what that tells us? That tells us you can glorify God today if everything's going well. I hope everything's going well for you. But let's say tomorrow some things change. You know you can still glorify God. It's not the end of everything because you're a Christian. You belong to God. And God's allowed that for a reason. There's a purpose there. And in those trials, in those troubles is when you can be a blessing to someone else. You can be an encouragement to someone else. You know, uh, someone pointed out once to me that when you read the Bible, almost all of God's people that God worked through were in places they did not want to be. Joseph, God worked through him in Egypt. He, he didn't want to be there in prison and then later, you know, in Potiphar's house as a slave. He didn't want to be there, but that's where he was. David, out in the fields, running from King Saul. He didn't want to be there, but that's where he was. Esther, having to go before the king, because their lives were threatened. She didn't want to go do it, but that's where she was. And the list goes on and on and on of how many of God's people had to be faithful and God blessed where they were and they were in places they did not want to be. You know, that tells us that there are going to be times we're going to get into some difficult situations that God may allow us to face some trials and some troubles. And there may be some areas, maybe today, one of you here is somewhere where you just don't want to be. To somewhere you're dealing with something you just don't want to deal with. It's just been difficult. It's been hard. Well, hang in there. That's what I'm telling you. Is well, don't quit. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. You continue to glorify God. You continue to serve the Lord. You continue walking with God and trust in Him. Don't be ashamed. Don't quit. Be faithful. And that's what we find with Paul here. Paul is saying, I'm not ashamed. I'm going to continue on. His life had been changed. And here's the final reason. Because he had an answer to the problems that the people needed. And that's my thought here. And he goes on. Notice, and we'll go back to Romans chapter 1. I'll point this out to you. Notice he says here in verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. You see, he had the answer that people needed. You say, well, what answer is that? It's Christ, the power of God unto salvation. You know, that's what everyone in this world needs today. That's what everyone needs. Not just one person here, one person there, or the person down the street, or the person next door, or the person across the... Everyone needs to be saved. Everyone needs salvation. You know, one thing we find in our world today, there's a lot of division. Is there not a lot of division going on in our world? You know who's the... The cause of a lot of that division? It's the devil. It's the devil who caused a lot of that division. And I'm going to give you one of them. Race is a big one right now. Race is a big division. That's not of God. That's of the devil. He's causing all that. He's stirring things up. Now, of course, he's working through people, and and people are doing it too. but, But it's the devil who causes all these problems in that division. You know what the Bible tells us? God's the creator of all of us. Amen. Is he not? He's all of our creator. And then he, and if you're saved here, he's your savior. He's the savior of all of us. 
Not just one. And that's what Paul's saying too. He said, I'm indebted to everybody. Because everybody needs the gospel. Everyone needs to be saved. We all belong to God. He's all of our creators. And if you're saved, he's your savior as well. So that's the answer Paul had for people. Paul's saying, this is what you need. And maybe here this morning, this is what someone today needs. You see what, the, what salvation does. It's the power of God that lifts you up. It's the power of God that you now have to be forgiven of your sin. It's the power of God to overcome sin in your life, the temptations and the trials. It's the power to live a new life. It's the power that delivers someone from the depths of hell, but also takes them up to the heights of heaven. That's what salvation is. It's the power of God. And that's what Paul says. Paul says, I'm not ashamed because I got the answer. And I got what people need. And this morning, I want to encourage you to consider that. You know, that's the heart of a missionary. All of us are to take the gospel out. And that's because we know it's the truth. It's the answer. And so when you have something that is true, and you know the answer, then you should feel indebted to tell someone else. You should make a commitment to share the gospel. And you should have confidence in God to do it. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.